These are not the tales of heroes. These are tales of reavers and cut purses, of heathen slayers and tight-lipped warlocks guarding long-dead secrets. These are tales of gold and glory, won with sorcery and sword, where a moment's hesitation is all that separates the victorious from the dead. These are tales from the fallen empire, an age when chaos seethed in the shadows and dragons began to stir in their ages-long sleep. These are tales of high adventure. These are mighty deeds. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mighty Deeds, a podcast of high adventure. My name is Glenn. I'm your judge for this session, and joining me around the table are... Luke, playing Abramovich, the barbarian. I'm Michael, Pisces, rising cancer. I'm playing Albert, the elf. Uh, Jason, I play Nigel, the dwarven cleric. Uh, our, first, our fourth player is uh, Carl, who's normally playing Irina, the Sentinel, he's not here yet, might be joining us later, but in the meantime, his character will be kind of in the NPC mode. He's going to be tagging, she's going to be tagging along, but not saying very much. So when we last left our heroes, um, you guys had arrived in Mlergnar. You had met Lady Chantessa mm-hmm. at the Slumbering Drake, and you had had a few uh, plot hooks thrown at you. You had had a few quests entered into your quest log. And uh, between going to Stonehell Dungeon, following up some leads out of uh, Van Richten's journal, or helping the players at, in this play that they're producing, you guys agreed you were going to try to help these players acting up in Mlergnar. So before the adventure starts, I want to check a few things with you guys. So first of all, so Lady Chantessa tells you guys Van Richten left this vampire hunter's kit. So what I'm showing the party is one of these supposedly antique vampire hunter kits that are supposedly like from the 1600s that I've actually heard like most of them are actually fake, that they didn't really make these kind of things. Is there a knife, a mallet, and a revolver in this There is kit? no revolver in Van Richten's case, but Van Richten left this case of goodies <laughs> Similar to, but not exactly the same as what you guys see, right. was kind of left with Lady Chantessa. And so she uh, she shows it to you guys, mm-hmm. right? You guys pop it open. Mm-hmm. Inside, there are four yellow lotus tinctures, which are uh, kind of a healing potion that heals two hit dice. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then he has some oils, okay? Oil! These are oils that you put on a weapon that give you oh. an advantage in combat. Interesting. Not the oils I was thinking of. <laughs> not essential oils, not massage oils, just Monster Hunter oils. He's got... Witcher oils? Yes. Mm. He's got two necrophage oil. He's got two cursed oil. Mm. What do these do? These so they so increase cool. your weapon damage type by one step on the dice chain. Okay, so if you were to roll D6, you'd roll a D8 and exactly. so on and so forth. All right. But it's only against said creatures, correct? It's only against creatures. It's only good for about one fight. One fight or one round? One fight. Would 2D6 become 2D8? No. First of all... Would be a D14? Behold the actual dice chain. Ooh. Ooh. D3, oh. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16... Feel like you missed a nine. Twenty. There. No kidding. Twenty-four. 
30. So if I put several of these oils all on the same thing, does it mm. increase it every time? So if I, no. I can get up to like a D20? No. Blah! But to answer your question, if it's a D6, it would not become a D8. It would become a D7. Oh, right. But a D8 would become a D10. A D8 would become a D10. That seems... 10 would become 12. 12 would become 14. We only have one D14 between all of us. That that bothers me. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be used a lot, so... (laughs) That's the damage dice, correct? Is there a D15? That would be the damage dice, yes. Hmm? Is there a D15? No, of course not. Okay. And these oils... Don't be ridiculous. There shouldn't be a D7, but here we are. (laughs) Don't be ridiculous. Both of these oils do the same thing, that plus one on the dice chain? Yes. Against cursed creatures and necrophage creatures? Yes. And he has three specter oil. These names sound uh, vaguely familiar. Yes. They're from The Witcher. Hmm. What counts as a necrophage? Well, you would have to uh, make a lore roll, but you get the idea it's things like ghouls, things that eat flesh or eat dead flesh. Cannibals. Mm. Yes. Zombies. So maybe zombies. If if they're if they're Romero zombies that are trying to eat brains and you know then yes, then yes but, but those are actually kind of more like ghouls yeah like in D and D that actually want to eat meat. Mm-hmm. Um, cursed are things like werewolves, ghosts. Uh, no, nope. ghosts are not cursed. Oh. Um, I think those are specters. Oh, yeah, the specter canthropy. oil. Lycanthropies would be yeah, cursed yeah. things. Vampires yes, mm, I don't think so because they're undead. He probably, he probably, he probably, I would have to check the Witcher uh, tabletop like role playing game. about uh, what is a stake again. Edition <laughs> as, as we go on, we're actually going to talk about that in just a second. Oh, so I'm no. glad you brought up. Oh, no, I skipped The ahead. Spectre Oil also gives the weapon the ghost touch ability. So if the, if the, if the, if it's a ghost or a specter or a wraith that doesn't take normal damage from physical weapons, it will take full, they will take full damage because you used Wraith Oil. Now, now, also in there, and this is especially for you, Carl. Thanks for coming. There's a special heavy crossbow, okay? And if you look at the picture, you see those Hawthorne stakes? Like, okay, those are like crossbow bolts. It's a stake launcher. It is a stake launching crossbow. Ah. Seems like this would have been really <laughs> useful here uh, yeah. earlier. <laughs> For him to have taken with him to Barovia. Yeah, I know. know. I didn't think of that. So it has half the... Well, I'll just give it to... I assume Carl's going to use it because yeah. his crossbow was destroyed Definitely. by the old god. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it? it has half the range oh, yeah. Yeah. of a regular crossbow because the stakes are so big and the stakes are really expensive, more expensive than crossbow bolts. They're like T-bones. But it does D10 damage instead of... A crossbow is like D6 or something in DCC. Yep. Right. And there's a chance of staking a vampire right through the heart, you know. Are we planning on fighting those any time soon? We can with this. Just about every other week. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> we never really finished, finished the Escher thing. Did we not? No, we didn't. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying you have a vampire killing sword. You have a vampire fighting holy symbol. Oh, yeah, dude. You know, vampires would be a cool recurring kind of thing for you guys to fight. And, and apparently is- Escher. So, where were we? Talking about Vendor. So, before you guys go to the theater, do you guys want to buy anything before you go to the theater? So. 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 So, you guys have bought some equipment. You got some equipment from Van Richten's, Van Richten's arsenal. So, you guys are walking through the streets of Mlergnar. Okay? Mlergnar. And what I forgot to get into 
last time. Mm -hmm. You guys just basically arrived in Malurgnar and were immediately in the Inn of the Slumbering Drake. Yes. But it's this cool city. So so now we have a little walking tour of Malurgnar. As you guys are walking with the two members of the the company there, the two the two actors or actor and actress, they tell you a little bit about the city. Malurgnar is one of the most remote of the eight cities. Our magnificent bridge is, the bo is both a spectacular feat of engineering and an enduring symbol of our alliance with the dwarves. From a distance, Mlurgnar may appear serene, but up close many signs reveal its tumultuous and violent history. Sadly, this great, great fortress town has suffered under the calamitous misrule of the Jungfreuds. For too long that foul family has oppressed the people and stiltified free trade— looking outwards with greedy eyes to helpless neighbors. For centuries, the good folk of Mlurgnar have cried out in sorrow and desperation, praying for deliverance. Praise be to Mitra and Istar that those prayers have been answered, and now our beleaguered town is under the firm guiding hand of Patriarch, Patriarch Franz Metzner. Metz, Menzer. Menzer, I know all about him. <laughs> Mincer, I just met her. <laughs> there's this, so this big river kind of runs right through the middle of Mergnar. Hmm. And there's this bridge that was built by the dwarf, like a, dwarves a thousand years ago. Arr. And it's like, it's like London Bridge. It's like their main landmark of the town is this epic stone bridge that have like buildings built on it, you know, like mm -hmm. shops and stuff. And it's humans always uh, taking credit for a dwarf. Right, right. Exactly. Arr. And yes, so until recently, the Jungfreuds were in charge of Mlurgnar, and now it is in the hands of a democratically elected patriarch, Franz Menzer. And he ran on make Mlurgnar great again. No, he, he ran on, um, you know, the, the, the Jungfreuds are corrupt, uh -huh. you know, and... Um, we need stronger borders between us and them. No, no, no. Like, the, like the, he, the, 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 the no, the, the, the young Freuds represent Trump. And now Mga. the patriarch represents the current administration. Mm. So uh, what does he, what does he hate about uh, the young Freuds? The freedom that he brings. Yeah. How they're always saying ridiculous stuff on Twitter. They're sending the, the town criers out <laughs> to say the most ridiculous things, you know, and they're totally uh, racist and um, irresponsible and, you know, are bleeding the country dry. And now this patriarch has come in and he's going to, you know, give freedoms and fix the economy. And he wears a mask when the plague comes to town. The young Freuds wouldn't even wear a mask. They were super spreaders of the plague, but not, not the patriarch, not patriarch Metzer. He wears a full um, plague doctor getup. Yes, he, he the whole time he was running, he's wearing the whole plague doctor getup. Does he and, uh, lock down the entire town as well? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Months? I mean, we got to lock down everything. Uh, and I already um, don't like this guy because <laughs> that's good for the economy, locking down everything. Well, hey, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Arr. I'm just saying. And then he starts telling you specifically about what's going on with him and the Dunsweet players. My troubles are this, good friends. I am the leader of a troop a noble troop of mummers and actors known as the Dung Sweet Players. We provide the less fortunate masses of our fair city with brief diversions from the cares of their daily lives while dispensing kernels of truth 
wrapped in pleasing guises. It is an honest living for an actor, even if not an honorable one. As of late, my troupe and I have achieved an unexpected deal of success and renown thanks to our latest play, The Fiascos of Duke Hogsfat. This is where our troubles lie. Duke Borbat, the noble the play deflates, has learned of our show and means to scotch it. His guardsmen visited us this morn with an ultimatum that unless we cancel all performances, the Duke intends to see both play and players ended permanently. I have no doubt the Duke will attempt to make good on his threat. Having put the matter to my fellow performers, we vowed that the show must continue. To this end, we seek valiant worthies to serve as our benefactors and spear carriers, men and women fearless enough to watch over us as we entertain and prevent the Duke's men from carrying out their threat. Would you be those armed angels, those sword-bearing benefactors? No. We can pay. Care oh. for a game of play? <laughs> <laughs> All right. The show must continue. All right. So you guys arrive at the Marshlight Theater. I uh, kill all the actors and um, uh, see what reward I can get from the Duke. I agree. (laughs) That seems like our best course of action right now. (laughs) Okay. You can do that, of course. Okay. What are we, so what are you showing us here? I'm showing you the layout of the theater. The theater. So there are, what, several buildings it looked like? There's one building. That's the cellar. That's the um, fly loft. Okay. So. Yeah, so that's above and below this part. Your main entrance is here. You got your lobby. Stairs going up to where the nobles sit. And then an entryway that goes straight to where the common people stand, mm-hmm. the pit. Of course, you've got the stage with two trap doors that go down to the um, cellar. Backstage, wardrobe, troop office. You've got these um, backstage connectors mm-hmm. on each side. You've got two back doors and uh, windows around the sides. And um, basically, you guys have to decide what... Okay, so you're expecting the Duke's men to show up and try to disrupt the show, um, set the theater on fire, kill all the actors, Mm. unleash rabid dogs. Seems like... Is there no law enforcement in this town? There is law enforcement in the town. So he will have to try to do it in a way that's not obvious. Like, he can't just send his guards to just, like, murder the players. Right. He can't just send his guards to murder us, of so... course. It's quite illegal. Oh, this is preposterous. This is the wrong voice. But um, he could try to disrupt the show in some way that would um, ruin the performance and scotch the, scotch the show. So you guys come walking into this empty theater, right, in the middle of the day. Obviously, the show isn't until tonight. Um, and you guys have got to decide what, if any, precautions you want to take or where you're going to be standing when the show starts. What do you guys think? Arr. So uh, Mama Dorf always told me that uh, a good defense is a good offense. Mm-hmm. I say we just go to the Duke and tell him to shove it. You could yeah. do that? And see what he does then and see if we can, uh, you know... Catch him there before he ever gets here. Also, we might be able to... Well, he probably isn't good. Also, we might be able to at least look at some of his men and see the faces so that we know who to be looking for. This this is not a matter of politics, my friend. This is subterfuge. 
He isn't trying to play nice, so neither should we. But we are playing nice. We're waiting for him to come to us and hope that we can catch him. But what good you guys want to you guys want to head to Duke Borvat's estate? You want to go by yourself? Sure. <laughs> okay. Right. All right. So you get directions to Duke uh, Borvat's estate um, in the. I'll go with him. In I'll the, go with him. In, with in him. the nicest no, part. No, <laughs> now. Don't be jumping on the bandwagon now. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. <laughs> jumping on gonna, the bandwagon. But when you get arrested, I want to be there so I can make sure you we know where I you are. I want to get yeah. arrested. Don't want to get you killed. Don't want you Because you're going to go to the Duke's house and the Duke's going to be like, yeah, uh, I will have arrest. you put in jail. And then he could try it. But I'm almost second level. I'm pretty sure I could take it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Morgensite, known locally as The Hill, is the most affluent quarter of Mlurgnar. Who came up with these names? The guys who wrote Warhammer 4th Edition. The homes of Mlurgnar's wealthiest middle-class families form a terrace leading up to the hill. Manors, mansions, and small estates of the wealthiest nobles, guildmasters, and clerics. Curving around the bottom of the hill... Obstressi hosts the town's elite shops, including high-class courtiers, eateries, jewelers, armorers, and other luxury goods. The watch patrol Morgenesternstreit enthusiastically. Undesirables and those inappropriately dressed are likely to be moved along with a swift boot. So, you're you're wearing what? I'll bring a... And as soon as you go Carl through... Carl with me. You're going to bring Irina with you? Yeah. Okay. She's a little bit more... Uh, Uppity. Upscale? Yeah. Uppity. Oh, I'm bougie. Bougie. It's <laughs> a little bougie. Oh. oh, I dropped this, a bunch of dice just now. This is a now. term I don't know. I've never heard bougie. Good job there, Boomer. Oh, my God. Stop. I'm not a boomer. Bougie is the opposite of ratchet, so... It is the opposite of ratchet. I really... <laughs> he throws it into my hand onto the floor. Just gently. I know what... Um, Posh is. We're educating. Bougie and posh. I dropped it. Oh, 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 my God. I'm trying to put them in. I'm trying to put I don't. I have a hole in my hand. What are you wearing? <laughs> what are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? <laughs> Who are, are you, you wearing? wearing? You try to go to the upscale part of town. Uh, well, she's a dude, so. <laughs> I'm probably just dressed in my normal cleric gear with the chain mail and everything on. Okay, so you got chain mail. And and you have maybe a, a cleric's tabard or something, yeah. right? Um, and let's like a cloak and like a white cloak just over you. No, he doesn't have a cloak. He, he With gets a two tabard. Eyes cut out. He gets a tabard. Your beard hanging down. Just well, only actually the only cutout is for your beard. <laughs> oh, I like that. I want to use that. And. Um, I'm just trying to describe the condition of of your of your gear. Nobody I don't think you look quite. fresh as a daisy. No, after no, having... no. I look like a war torn dwarf cleric. Who? Yeah. So so about four members of the Lantern Watch spot you guys heading up. Once you guys cross into this actual district, okay. right? About four members of the Lantern Watch are, like, following you guys. You didn't ask me what I was wearing. I assume you're wearing your... Uh, <laughs> sexy Danger Girl. <laughs> yeah, I assume you're wearing the Sexy Danger Girl. If we're going to upscale, I feel like Arena would have tried to blend in. She probably would have cleaned herself up a little bit. Okay. Maybe not. Uh, maybe had some hidden weapons, but maybe not. 
full out armor. Not carrying the. Um, she would have tried to blend in a little bit. <laughs> you got a uh, steak launcher. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. What? So, Van Richten, have you ever ever been online and you saw one of these... um, I know about the internet. Vampire... (laughs) These antique vampire hunter kits. Have you ever seen one of these? Uh, I sent a picture to the the chat. But they're like these... They're supposed to be from like the 1600s or something. I I don't think any of them really are. But they they have like all this antique looking vampire hunting gear. Okay? Well, Van Richten had just such a kit and he had it at the slumbering drake so lady chantessa gave it to you guys okay and it included this heavy crossbow that basically does shoot hawthorne stakes okay and t-bones it's not it's not they are not crossbow bolts. They are literally stakes like you see in that picture. There are these big oh. inch and a half across. It's a stake so it has half the, the um, right. range of a normal crossbow, but it does a D10 damage instead. And what's Irina's strength? Uh, her strength is 13. You need at least a 13 strength to reload this thing without using the windlass. Okay, so, so you took off your armor? Yeah, I, w- I think I would have probably taken off my armor. To, okay, all right, okay. Just to blend in. So so you guys are going, and these these guards see you, and they're like, um, Greetings, Master Dwarf. What brings you to this uh, fine part of our city? Who's the Duke we're looking for again? Uh, Duke Borvat. Ah, yes, I've come to see Duke Borvat. They kind of look at each other, and they get these... Uh, Slightly sarcastic looks on their face, and it's like, uh, "Are you, uh, are you a cook?" No, I'm a cleric. Priestly uh, duties, you uh, know that kind of stuff. Well, I, I see that. Damn it! Now you got me doing the pirate voice. Hey, it's a catchy. well. I see that you are a uh, a clerk of Danethar, so you belong in the dwarf quarter, sir. Not up here. You seem to be lost. No, I'm not lost. I literally told you who I was looking for. Ah, well, you don't belong up here, Sir Dwarf. You need to return to the Dwarf Carter. Yeah, no, it's probably not going to happen. Why would I return? Is this not a free city? You don't belong up here. I think what he's trying to say is no to your question. He is my personal cleric. (laughs) And we are on our way. He's your emotional support player? <laughs> yes. Yes. I need him for some healing that I'm doing. I am a healer, and I have been summoned up here to uh, this duke to assist with some healing that needs to be this done. This duke? You don't even you don't even know which duke you're talking about, one of the others says, because he has a totally different accent. He's a licensed therapy cleric. Just drop it. Drop the... You are the Burgermeisterine, and you are not going to have this servant talk to you like this. I have never been so disrespected by someone <laughs> who isn't worth the <laughs> on my feet. Nice. Roll uh, <laughs> roll 3d6 and try to get your charisma or less. Oh! I don't have or charisma. personality. I don't have charisma. Right, oh, I'm going to get screwed on this one. Oh, I did not. You did not. No. I know I can do it. Well, but, but what do you say? Listen here, good sir. I have been summoned, and I will go and meet him. If you don't like who he summons, 
Maybe you should go talk to him yourself, and he can dress you down. May I see your summons, good Sir Dwarf? Well, it was by a person, so you would have to go talk to them. It Roll three d Messenger. <laughs> Roll 46. Hold on. Wouldn't it be... I mean, she is a part of the nobility. Wouldn't it be... Not here, she's not. She's from Barovia. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, Roll 46. Ooh, that was close. Not. 10, 15. 15. I have an 18, so suck it! We will escort you to the Duke's Manor. Come with us. Not two of them are worth. In front of you, and two of them are behind you. You're not worth the shit on my feet. <laughs> and then she walks away. <laughs> she just continues. <laughs> okay. So, so, but are you going to try to lose them, or are you going to let them escort you? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I don't care either way. I mean, we go down an alley, and murder these guys for all I care. They're clearly racist, so I mean, they are very clearly racist. But I bet the city has a caste system, and you are not a part of it. My ancestors built this. This is this you know, place is built on the backs of dwarves. That's probably true. Not probably. We've already established that the main attraction to this place is a dwarf in dwarven built bridge. Okay, then yes, you're very much you you're very much right. Um, I do believe that at this point we should probably. I think we should probably try and lose them. I think we should let them. Let them show us the way for a little while, and then us just duck off somewhere. They're trying to follow. They're us. escorting you. Yeah, two in front and two behind. They're going toward. They're escorting you to the Duke's man. Um, well, you bef- do this for every dwarf that comes this way. I would say so if they're this racist. I know I'm asking them though. <laughs> Arena says that out loud too. By the way. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you're walking along with your four guards. Um, they ignore you and keep walking up towards the, towards the Duke's. Oh, now you can't hear me, can you? Am I too low for you? Do I need to get on someone's shoulders? They stop and turn around. How's the weather up there? (laughs) What's, what's your complaint, Sir Dwarf? I'm just asking, do you always give dwarves this kind of treatment around here? We built this city and you have no respect for us. We built this city. On rock and roll, mind you. <laughs> um, rock we can't afford I don't think we can afford roll. that. You do not have the kind of manners that are expected in this fine part of the city. You are an outsider, sir. You don't have and a good what face. Manners are those? A decency and respect for the Lantern Watch, for one thing. Who? The Lantern Watch were the I'm guards sorry. of this city. Who's you that? You literally came up to me and said, I don't belong here. You don't. You threw out decency when you said a citizen in a free town doesn't belong somewhere. Again, right, who are I'm you? I'm placing you under arrest. Wait, Come with me. No. They draw their swords. Okay, I draw my warhammer. Okay. Let's do this. <laughs> and the whole adventure was derailed. The end. Okay. Wait, the end? I thought we were going to roll for initiative. No, I mean, we're gonna. you guys are going to fight these guys. You're going to get thrown out of time, town, everything... Uh, Everything you know, that I was planning. This will all be worth it. Goes nowhere. Gimbo North the Gnome here. While the lads set up for combat, here's a quick reminder. Have you ever wished you could see the maps, handouts, artwork, and epic tabletop terrain from the lads' adventures? Well, now you can. Simply follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Mighty Pod. Enough talk. To battle. Okay. 
So the captain of the watch blows his his whistle, right? right. <coughs> Grabs his whistle, he blows his whistle with his left hand. And nine other guards rush to your location. Well, that's how towns work. I've got a spear. I'm going to try to club you with the blunt end of my spear. That's a hit. I don't know what my AC is without my armor. Uh, it would be 10 plus your dex bonus. Don't try and question the dwarf. Oh, so 12. You take three points of damage. The other one misses you. The other two are going to try to club you. Okay. Uh, 19 is going to hit. You take two points of damage. Okay. Jason, you're up. What do you do? Now, police brutality. Go ahead and uh, I'm going to smash his spear. You're going to smash his spear. Well, I'm going to try not to murder the people. Okay. So I'm going to try and disarm him. Okay. That, all right. Is that all right? No. Sure. Well, I figure if they're disarmed, they might run away. <laughs> or lose interest in fighting. How about a 16? Yes, you knock this guy's spear oh yeah, this guy's spear out of his hand. Okay? Carl, be gone! Um, where are we? You are kind of in like a, a broad street in the um, upper class portion of Mlurgnar. So... You know, no, you know, there's fountains and and uh, peacocks walking around and and uh, carriages. Yes. Yeah, you know, a, a carriage going by, drawn by matched white horses, and um, you know, who? Like what Paris, is around? Like what Paris. is around us? What are you looking for? Well, I don't know what I'm looking for yet. So, what is around us? A are there cafe. Are there a bunch of people around us? Yeah, there are people. There's a street vendor selling falafel. Um, there's a... Help me out, guys. Everybody's just... Help me out. What else is there around that he can use to his advantage? Fountain people. Yeah, there's a, there's a guy juggling... Uh, there's a guy juggling stuffed... Um, Squirrels? A pane of glass and transport. Yeah, yeah, there's two guys with a pane of glass. Oh my gosh. There's a guy. There's a guy. There are people trying to pull up a grand baby grand piano into a new into a building. Yeah, to lift it up. Um are there any people building it? Like, is there is there any reconstruction going on? Yeah, there's 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 construction workers are painting or something. With a big cement mixer. And then there's gotta have some people on some ladders that are, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. On, so when the ladder falls, they just hang yeah, 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 yeah. I want to have a very, I forget what the song is called, but it's that. I want to have a very much that with these guys chasing us through like the construction site, and then like us, and then like us losing them by sheer hijinks. Oh, oh, I love it! I love it! I love it! Just like one of them plops into the cement mixer. He knocks. The um, the spear. spear out of this guy's hand, and then right? I and then I and grab then, you, and we just right, like right, run right, through right, the. Right. So then you guys take. Oh, so now it's a chase. Okay, all right. So these guys are trying to chase you in their armor, and you're running, and the dwarf isn't that fast. So you're half carrying him, you know, and uh, we got to come up with three obstacles. Stop. We need to come up with three obstacles. This is going to be a skill challenge. They've got to get. Uh, Two successes before they get two failures. Okay. So, yeah. So the first obstacle is the is the construction site 
where they're going to run up the scaffolding yes. and then get on top of the building and then kick the scaffolding off. Yes. So I think you both need to roll an agility or a reflex save. Um, let's say DC 10. Okay, I pass. No. By the way, I passed so uh-huh. much. I had a 22. Uh-huh. Does that help him in any yes. way? <laughs> how, how, how much did you fail by? One point. You failed by one point? I got a nine. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. So you're about to fall, and your beard dips into the paint and stuff, and you're, like, flapping around. And uh, right as she's about to kick the scaffolding off, she grabs you by the hand, and she manages to kick it. And they're, like, holding on to the side of the building, and they're having to climb in through the windows. Okay, so now you guys come out on the other side, and you think you're fine, and then... Boom! The door bursts open and it's all the guys chasing you. And they're covered in paint. Right. (laughs) You guys are running down this alley. Uh, uh, What's the the next obstacle? Ah, yeah. There's a cart blocking the middle of the road where there's a guy saying, Exotic turnips from the Sword Girls. Catch the best exotic turnips. (laughs) Yes, and and they're all in... um, these very rare antique vases, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's this cart, and uh, you guys see that, of course, the cart is poised at the top of this hill, and it's got this little thing, this little chalk in front of the wheels, you know? And uh, you guys see it in front of you there, right at the top of this hill, and the guards are closing in on you. So we're going to kick that Sorry, out yeah. roll back at them? No, like, you're at the top, okay. right? And here's the thing. You guys are coming up behind it like this. Okay. Oh, we're going to, we're going to, uh, I'm going to throw you on top of it. And then I kick the thing out and I jump on top of it with yeah, you. And we go, we go rolling down. <laughs> okay. All right. So this would be another reflex saving throw. DC 10 to get there. Before. I get it. Okay. Get it. Oh, yeah, okay. So now the, the two guys carrying the pane of glass, right, are halfway down the hill. <laughs> you guys smash through them and the guards are running and the cart is, is my turn. The turnips are falling, and and just as the uh, antique vase is about to fall off, uh, Nigel catches it and pulls it back in, and then like there's a little old old lady walking her puff puff dog, and she jumps out of the way, but then you look, when the camera goes back, you guys have the puff puff dog, (laughs) and like you're wearing her hat, her hat ended up on your head, she spins around, you know, a little bit. she has the base now. Her hat was, it was a, her hat, her hat had a wig sewn in, so now I have a wig and a hat. Screaming behind you, there you go. And now you guys see the, the ultimate problem. At the bottom, there's a, there's like a cross uh, walkway thing that's going to block you guys. And your only chance is um, oh my god I got it can yes. I I got it okay yeah, yeah. so as we're going down we see all these like little things of flags yeah yeah strung going between strung, the buildings yeah, yeah string yeah. between the buildings the and then uh, so Irina sees it and then uh, grabs onto uh, Nigel and then she grabs it and the mm-hmm. momentum makes us fly up onto a rooftop nice yes, of course it does of course it does <laughs> yeah right so. It looks like you chose reflex again. Roll those oh, reflex saving throws. Okay, I passed. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, as the scene ends, you guys make it across this rooftop, and you're escaping, and the guards are down there, you know, and the, the turnips are everywhere. The, the turnip truck hit this thing, and there's turnips everywhere, and the little dog is chasing them around, and they're trying to get it. I still have the dog. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I mean, she got a perfectly good antique vase out of it. I know. So. Right? I mean, so, I'm not letting you be dog nappers on my show. And somehow it's I think the dog was having the time of his life on that turnaround. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. His dog is halalling yeah, out. Yeah, no, he's not going to come with me. No. I try to put him down and he follows me. No, he doesn't. No. <laughs> he goes back to the Duchess and and uh, she she hands the and you guys manage to escape and go back to the theater and then everything calms down a little bit and then slowly her hat falls down perfectly <laughs> landing on top of her head perfect and she's like oh and you guys return to the main adventure great so <laughs> now what do y'all think. I feel like that was a waste of time. No, that actually was pretty cool. Do we get experience yeah, for that? I think everybody, <laughs> since we want to keep everybody on the same thing, let's give everybody two XP. Well, meanwhile, we're Carl, that was a great, that was a great idea, Carl. Yeah. That, meanwhile, we're at the theater, getting the layout, learning the people who work there by. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they come back, so and they've got they've got a they've got a, a, a woman's hat with a wig sewn in. They've got they're covered in flour and paint and yeah. yeah. And we come back with a dog. Hiding you do have the dog. What's the dog's name? Oh. Or are you just going to name it something different now that it's yours? Do I know the name of the dog to begin with? Well, it has a little collar. What, what, does, it? what does it say? I don't know. What does it say? It says Fluffy. Fluffy. Okay. I will call this dog Fluffy. Abramovich has a great plan. We will teach all of the employees a secret handshake <laughs> that we will use to identify who is and who is not an employee. Okay, so so you guys have gotten to know the entire <laughs> cast. I want someone to be like, can't we just brand them? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Well, not brand, but why don't we just put a little mark on the back of their hand? Like if you had a stamp yeah. and it had like this ink yeah. and then you stamped everybody's that came in. Yeah. Yeah, it was invisible ink and you know you an it has light. it has the day yep. and the size of your party who came in with yep. you. Yep. So you've got Kenneth Branow as Jalio Ratskit of Ratskitter Court as Duke Hogsfat. Right? So the real Duke's name is Borvat. The, story, the hero of their story is Duke Hogg, fat. You've got Emma Thompson, who is Miss Silva, who is Lady Hog fat. And then you've got Brian Blessed. Does everybody know who that oh, is in real life? No. Time to die! He's the guy who played Zoltan mm-hmm. in Flash Gordon. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Great voice. He's done a lot of stuff with Kenneth Branagh, too. He's a Shakespearean actor. Fantastic voice. Yes. I'm... They call me Volstag the Voluble, and I'm playing Captain Dimmind, which is the captain of the Duke's real-life guard is called Captain Dimmond, and they are lampooning him as Captain Dimmind. These are all excellent names. And <laughs> then uh, Jeffrey Rush is also there. He's there. Um, he's Philip Henslow. He's kind of the that's manager, behind-the-scenes guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big Hey, ass. money is no object here no on kidding. Mighty Deeds. No kidding. No. So you guys... We got all of them. Now, what are, you, are there any other security measures you're going to take? Okay. And where are you guys going to be uh, posted when the adventure starts? Let's split up, gang. Yeah, right? All right. Okay. We already did that. Just to familiarize you, the lot, there's two entrances in the front. Okay. This is the lobby. These all represent windows. Um, what does that door at the bottom go into? Oh, okay, the mi- the right, pit right. goes so into the, the pit. pit. Is where people stand. This mm-hmm. is based on the way theaters really were in Shakespeare's mm-hmm. day. The groundlings stand here. 
Poor uh, and people. And then nobles sit up here, or nobles sit here, and then the richest people sit up here. The nobles will come in, take the stairs up, and come in here, whereas the groundlings will just walk in here. Here's the stage. This is the backstage area. There is a fly loft above the backstage area. There's a ladder here that takes you up to the fly loft. There is also a cellar underneath the stage that's accessed by this stairway that has some trap doors and ladders that bring you back out onto the stage so you can appear, you know, in a puff of smoke on the stage. That other stairway, where does that lead? Stairs up to alley delivery door. Which okay. Is. Okay. So there's, yeah, so there's a, there's a way directly into the basement. Mm-hmm. There's two back doors. There's two front doors. Um, and there's also openings to the roof in the fly loft. But... It would not be impossible to block or barricade some of those doors if you think that's what's best. I think we should leave what the door. What we are expecting is that Duke Borvat will send some of his men to, or some thugs to somehow try to disrupt the performance. Uh, the, the rule of law in this town is such that he can't just have us assassinated, but he could try to disrupt the performance in some way. So we want to secure the building such that his thugs and ruffians won't be able to disrupt our play. Okay, so it's his his hired guard. And yes. is he an idiot? The actual the duke, duke? The actual duke? Uh-huh. No, not really. He's a smart guy? He's, I mean, he's average. Or is I he, guess. like, averagely intelligent? Yeah, he's average. Okay. Um, so... Well, I see two courses of action. Either please. we could um, diffuse ourselves throughout the entire building to try to cover as many uh, entrances as possible. There's or, not enough of us. That's true. But, you know, we, we got to do what we can. Or alternatively, we could just try to cut them off at the very source and try to not let them in the building at all and have everybody on the perimeter. All right, so here's the thing that I'm looking at. And just call me crazy, but I'm You're crazy! At, I know. But what I'm looking at is... Gordon's alive! Gordon's alive! Um, what I'm looking at is the entrance here. Like, th- there's absolutely no way with the... I'm assuming you have large crowds. Of course. Yeah. Well, with the large crowds coming in, we're not going to be able to say, well, that guy's bad, and that guy's good, and that guy... So we're going to have to ignore, for the most part, the front. What we need to do is guard, really, these two doors and this door, because these have outside entrances. This comes from the back. Should there be a... A dusty, thick-walled cellar resides beneath the theater. Thick wooden supports rise to meet at a timber ceiling above. A pair of ladders connect to the stage trapdoor overhead, and a flight of stone stairs leads to angled delivery doors exiting the alley alongside the building. The second staircase leads from the back stage area, the theater above. The cellar contains old dusty scenery, set dressing left over from previous occupants. Uh, the delivery doors are thick wooden doors set at an angle in the base of the theater's foundation, opening into the basement stairs. The doors are chained and locked from the outside to keep out vagrants. The Dunsweet players don't have the key to the lock. The landlord forgot to give it to them. But it can be opened with a pick lock checked. The lock is old and rusty, accounting for the higher DC. So it's one of those angled doors, like a coal, like goes into your coal basement thing, right? Yeah, cellar. And and it's chained from the outside with this old rusty lock. And um, we maybe only need one person here to keep an ear on that door to make sure someone's not coming in. Then the rest of us could be up here guarding these doors. Should there be any ingress or egress during the play of these doors? Yeah. yeah oh, but, are, is there supposed to be? Right. And there are people coming and going through these doors when the play is happening. 
Well, personally, I think that we can't just concentrate our entire defense on the uh, doors because a guard uh, in disguise could just sneak in into but look, the pit area and just start making a huge distraction and we wouldn't be able to... So then we have one person set approximately here sure, to agree. watch these doors. I definitely agree with that. One here and yes. one here yes. and one here. Mm. And then the person here could say, oh, I hear hey, someone needs help down here and run down and assist. Or these people could say, hey, there's someone coming. Yeah, a dim, funny. unadorned spaces on either side of the stage serve as waiting areas per, to performers entering before their scenes. A network of ropes and pulleys line the walls connecting to the theatrical rigging, rigging on the catwalk above. Doors and archways lead to other sections of the theater. So the, the, he's talking about right here. Yeah. Um, the costumer, the cus, costume or the person who makes costumes, Torva... The Mingalus can be found here working during the day, mending and making garb for the performers. Though in her early 60s, Torva is still tough as mingled jerky and can wield both her steel knitting needles and shears as terrible weapons okay. if she or the dung sweeps are physically threatened. So here's this old mingle. is like the, the Mongols, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's this old lady back there and she's hard at work on this costume and she looks up at you guys and she's just as tough as mingled jerky. Like, that's a man, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong room. And so she's back here working on costumes. Uh, it does not say about the doors that lead to the back alley. Surely, it's mentioned here. I just need to find it. I think yes. I think, the, I think the answer is yes. People are going in and out through those doors normally when the play is going on. I think so, hmm. but I think you can talk them into you guys locking the door. That's kind of I don't know. But if it can be locked, then let's lock those doors so nobody gets in those doors. We're done with those doors then. Right. And now uh, we can, we're free to do some sweeping. We can just roam the backstage and check on people and, hey, you don't look familiar. Stop there. Do you think these guards and stuff will be brazen enough just to come in dressed as guards? Like, they don't have no, to. They don't no, have to. I, I think they will. I think there will. Um, he will. He's a he's a nefarious malcontent. He'll probably Ugh. hire some thugs to come in and and pinch pinch women on the bum. Or, <gasps> Wonderful, or those kind of thugs. Yes, <laughs> have a streaker. I don't know, but I think he can't afford for it to be easily tracked back to him. So he can't, for example, no. send his own personal elite guards in to just start thumping people on the head. He's going to have to try to be semi-subtle. So I, I like the idea of locking the backstage doors and, um, and positioning you in different locations so that as different events come up on pages okay. 6, 7, through 10, that you, different people can respond to them in different ways. So guys, I like that a lot. Is there a crowd event? One more thing. You're saying this, this door has chains on it? Mm. Uh, that door, yes. Oh. chains on it. And is there extra... Slack? Slack that we could add a second lock, a better lock, a newer lock? Yes. All I'm saying is, this area is very well defended. I don't think I need to be here. I think I need to be up here looking out for any sort of ruffians. Or, well, you know. well, my thing is, they're not going to be ruffians until they get in there. Mm. So more than likely, they're going to blend in as they're coming in. And how are you going to tell a ruffian from a normal groundling? I right. Mean, it's going to cost you 15 gold to buy a decent padlock. Yep. Yeah, sure. Okay, is so it, you go, you buy a padlock, you return, yep. you, pad, you double padlock yep. the uh, 
Back entrance. Yep. Okay. Uh, I feel better about that. <laughs> or the not the back entrance, the cellar entrance. Yep. Okay. Well. Okay. I vote. Okay. Where are the rest of you cellar. stationed as well, people start coming in? Another thought. It's like, well, if we're standing here and we're just looking out these doors, we can't really see all of the disturbances going on. So I feel like we should have at least one person down in the pit, just you know. <laughs> Checking it out, I guess. Well, I was going to say, why don't I go into the, like, um, the noble area? That's not me. Why don't I go into the noble area, kind of dressed more like a noble, mm-hmm. and kind of cleaned up, and then kind of keep an eye on things up there? Sure. Okay. So, Abramovich, are you going to be wearing all your armor and everything? Yes. Okay, so where are you going to be? I'll be back here. That's fine. Backstage? Okay. I'll be standing Michael. at the store watching over the right. pit area. Okay. Michael. Do you want me in the lobby, or do you want me on the other side of the stage? I want you wherever you want you. Yeah, I don't know where you want to go. Because if you want to be... Mike if was pointing out, if you're backstage, you can get to the lobby through the connecting passage reasonably quickly. Yeah. Right? There's no people in there during the show. If I'm in the lobby, you said? If, no, you're, right. in, if you're backstage, these, yeah, yeah. these hallways yeah. oh, right out to yeah, the lobby. Oh, yeah, so you All could keep is- an eye on that side. Like, both of you, or if you wanted... Around, you could be in the lobby right by that door. Or... This area is where you have the most mobility to go anywhere in the building. Right. So, like, if you stayed on Including the back... the basement and the fly lock. If you stayed on the backstage, keep an eye on that hallway, yep. <clears throat> and then you stay at the in the lobby area, and then as the show begins, you go backstage through that hallway, because are we locking one of those doors? Because I think we should lock the one on the right. The, the, the stage door? No, the one in the back. That, like yeah, yeah, I feel like we should those. lock the one on the right so that... Those. You, we can lock both? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Then that's fine. Because I can't find in the module where it mentions whether you can or not. <clears throat> yeah. They let you lock those. Yeah, so that'd be perfect. That gives you an eye on that hallway if anyone comes through the lobby. That gives you an eye in the lobby. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, you want to be in the fly loft? Oh, that'd be perfect, too. Yeah, because those doors are open to the, to the roof. All right. Right? Uh, yes. You think they're coming through the roof? I don't know. Was there... Well, dwarves don't fly. You have range spells, right? The various ropes and pulleys moored in the wings lead okay, up good. to an open space 30 feet above the stage below. A single catwalk crosses the area, granting unobstructed access to both of the, to both the stage and the two roof windows leading to the theater's flat roof. They are normally propped open during performance nights to help alleviate some of the heat generated by the crowded house below. So, uh, Albert, hmm? seeing how you're... You, you do express that you're going up when we make these plans, right? Mm-hmm. You want this uh, feather fall? I would necklace. love that. That's what I was looking for right here. In this list. <laughs> oh, that'd be perfect. <laughs> okay, so Just you take case. the necklace of feather fall yeah, from Nigel, be- and you go up into the fly loft. Everybody's positioned. Okay. Let's do this. Let's do this. And, and we'll all- find out what happens next time on Mighty Deeds. Mighty Deeds is a production of the Murfreesboro Murder Hobo Old School Gaming Association. We're playing Dungeon Crawl Classics from Goodman Games, set in Fritz Leiber's World of Nawa. Original music is provided by yours truly and by Joey Hodge. You can check out more of his music at joeyhodge.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for more Mighty Deeds. <laughs>